Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey there, and welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Much better with the WNBA action that went on on Tuesday. Happy to see it, happy to cash it. I went five and one on the WNBA bets. One of those was live. So, as always, follow me on Twitter if you want to play those with me or fade me, whatever you want to do. And also one of those was right before tip off. I added a dream money line at minus 110. So the rest of those were made on Monday night. So I did get the odds that were available then. And of course, lots of line movement within the next 24 hours from then. So my point just being, you can bet it live. You can bet it right before the game sometimes. And of course, it's always great to get that right away line value at the top. But what I will say too is the bets that I had for Monday the line shifting, the side I was on still ended up cashing even with the shift. So yes, they do move and it can be a little bit scary when you miss the best number, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the handicap is is wrong. It does still mean that, for example, the Connecticut Sun should have won that game by 10. I believe I got them at seven on Monday. It got to nine uh, by Tuesday and still they were able to cover that. So Lots of options if you want to get involved, of course. And also in baseball, finally took a stab at a no-run first inning. And no, it did not cash. I should have learned last year when I bet on no-run first innings and yes-runs first innings, the Tigers were just a no-team for me. They just were. I can't count on them. Uh, And of course, the Rays scored on them in the first inning, so that was unfortunate. But uh, at least we got to see some runs scored. 
Uh, in today's show, we will talk some baseball with Adam Burke. Avisan is back. Diamondbacks at the Dodgers wrapping up a fourth game. That one starting early on Wednesday, 1.10 p.m. Pacific time after that Dodgers doubleheader already. And then the Angels at the Rangers game three. Series wraps up starting Wednesday at 5.05 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, then, of course, we will get into the WNBA breakdown of the Wednesday and Thursday games. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles Lions available at Bat River Sportsbook. Let's start with the MLB, the Dodgers. Still minus 275 to win the National League West and plus 475 to win the World Series, even amongst all their pitching woes. They're just that deep. They're just that strong. Like I said, Wednesday, 1.10 p.m. Pacific time start. Diamondbacks plus 225. Moneyline. Dodgers minus 278. Is that a Walker Bueller effect? My goodness. I know the Dodgers are, are doing well in this series, depending on whether or not you had them in the run line like I have. But minus 278 money line for the Dodgers. There it is. If you have that kind of bankroll, want to lay that kind of juice, I wouldn't. Uh, just not super profitable long term. But Dodgers run line, minus 130. It's sitting there. Yes, they've uh, been struggling with it these last couple games where they've only been winning by one run. But it's there if you want it at minus 130. And the total sitting at eight. Angels game, Wednesday, 5.05 p.m. Pacific time. The Angels still 22.50 to win the World Series. So just a slight drop from 25 to 1. Angels are minus 162 on the money line versus the Rangers on Wednesday evening. Their run line, plus 104. The Rangers money line, plus 138. And the run line, minus 112. Total for this game, 7.5. And, and Angels game with a 7.5 total. Am I not supposed to look at an over here? Hmm. In the NHL, now the Kings may be done with the NHL playoffs, but you don't have to be. Bet Rivers has a special offer through the entire NHL playoffs. Throughout the playoffs, place a three game, a three same game parlays of ten dollars or more on each round and receive a ten dollar free bet at the conclusion of each round. Think of it as a betting hat trick. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Create your ideal combo with same game parlays on the Bet Rivers app or at betrivers.com. Always an option for you so you can stay in the game. And as always, uh, Stormy Bonatoni, a great follow as well. She's really been getting into her hockey action on her show, My Guys in the Desert, on VEASAN. So she's worth a follow, worth a look at that show. And they also do a mini pod each week. But um, I don't want you to ditch my pod for that pod. So just add it to the schedule. Uh, as for the NFL, the Rams are plus 135 to win the NFC West. 5-1 to one to win the NFC, 11-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Fifth shortest odds there. The Chargers, plus 235 to win the AFC West, 8-1 to one to win the AFC, and 16-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Last time we checked in on these about a month ago, only just slight movement from there. The Rams were plus 150 to win the NFC West, now plus 135. So just a small move there, some getting action. And then the Chargers were plus 250 to win the AFC West, now plus 235. So more confidence in my man, Justin Herbert. Also have some September lines available, if you can believe it. I'm so glad somebody actually pointed this out to me on Twitter. They said they went to go look at the lines at Bat Rivers, and they were surprised and shocked and probably delighted. I'm not sure to see that we already had some football lines up. And it is May. It's May 18th, if you're listening on Wednesday. Wow. Bills at Rams. Rams plus one at Bet Rivers right now for the September 8th game here. Moneyline Rams minus 110, of course. And the total for this game sitting at 52. We got 50s on the board. And then the September 11th game for the Chargers. Raiders at the Chargers. Chargers get are laying four points here. 
and minus 190 on the money line. Total for this game, 51 and a half. So we're thinking this is going to start with a big offensive bang, apparently, for both these LA teams. You can find all these odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook. Let's welcome in Adam Burke from VSIN, of course, here to talk baseball with us as always. Adam, how are you doing? I'm good. As you can see, a little bit different of a backdrop today for me. Yeah, Adam's in the very cool Circus Studio, uh, VSIN Circus Studio in Las Vegas, uh, one I'm very familiar with, and I know you have to run soon. So I want to make sure we have time to talk about the Dodgers and the Angels here. Obviously, on Tuesday, Dodgers and a doubleheader, which I heard is the first time that the Dodgers had a doubleheader since like 1990 something. They haven't had a scheduled doubleheader there. There's not a lot of rain that happens, um, but they did have that going on. And then, of course, they're wrapping up their series on Wednesday. And they're going to be playing the Diamondbacks one last time. Zach Davies on the mound for the Diamondbacks and Walker Buehler for the Dodgers. First of all, I'm going to track back here because I was on the Dodgers on Monday. Tony Gonsolin was pitching and I had Dodgers run line and I had under eight and a half. And if you missed it, (laughs) Dodgers won this game five to four. So if you're normal... I was funny. I was listening to a regular Dodgers podcast and was like, hey, they got the win. And I was like, what? No, we're miserable because they didn't cover the run line. What did you think of that match? Yeah, uh, not fun to say the least there for you. And and look, you know, we actually talked about it on Sunday on the run line here on VEASAN uh, about how the Dodgers had won 20 in a row or well, had won 20 in a row on the run line. And then their last two games, Sunday night with the blown save against the Phillies and then Monday – uh, they've won back-to-back one-run games. So just very interesting, the timing with that. And, uh, of course, very interesting, the timing with your two bets. So I've been there, done that. We've all been there, done that. I apologize. I sympathize. <sighs> I empathize. Uh, hopefully you don't have to deal with that again at any point this season. This happened at the top of the ninth, too. So I think that that categorizes as a bad beat. I don't like to overuse that, but I do think this counts. And it's funny because Danny Burke, who also hosts Rush Hour, hosts the Chicago City Cast, uh, was also on Dodgers Run Line and was understandably upset on Twitter as well. So it's nice to have someone to commiserate with, I have to say. Uh, but I know that people were, were hot on the Dodgers on Tuesday as kind of a bounce back spot. What do you think we're going to see from Walker Bueller on Wednesday? Yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting with the Dodgers and, and this notion of a bounce back spot because you and I have talked about this already on, on the LA CityCast a couple of times where I wonder how invested and how engaged they are uh, against some of these bad teams. And, you know, I, I think that you certainly want to look for them to bounce back and play better. We saw that last week. They got blown out by Pittsburgh, came back, won the next game 11-1, to then, of course, wound up losing the series finale and, uh, you know, not really a great performance from them. But... Look, I think Walker Buehler should be fine against this Diamondbacks offense. That's not particularly good. But Arizona's pitching staff has been much, much improved. I wrote about this in Point Spread Weekly this week where Brent Strom, the new pitching coach for Arizona, has really done wonders for this pitching staff, done a lot of really good things for them. So they've been able to win a lot of low-scoring games. The Dodgers typically don't play a lot of low-scoring games because their offense is so good. Uh, but Buehler's been solid to start the year, as you would expect. Interesting kind of you know jumping around, filling in for Clayton Kershaw last week, now going on his regular turn here. Uh, maybe you worry about that a little bit, but Walker Bueller is just such a, a consummate professional, a very, very good pitcher. I would expect him to pitch well here on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, they have overwhelming uh chance to win here at least on ESPN and obviously we're going to see the odds reflect that they're minus 240 on Monday I'm sure we'll see something similar to that for Wednesday's game Uh, two things I want to circle back to their pitching woes of course what's going on with Kershaw but first because they're coming off of a double header what is there anything that you like to play coming off of a double header going into Wednesday's game 
Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers are probably a team immune to something like this, but I do like to look at double headers in terms of bullpen usage, you know, and just kind mm. of see did they have to use everybody? You know, did they use certain guys in both games? You know, that's always something you want to take a look at when it comes to these bullpens because it's it's such a really important thing, you know, particularly if you're taking a team like the Dodgers, you're taking a run line, something like that. You want to try to ensure that all of their best relievers are available. So, you know, it is one of those things where I do think you have to handicap a little bit more coming off of a doubleheader, not necessarily with a guy like Walker Bueller, who's a workhorse, can throw six, seven very efficient innings. But in terms of other teams, you know, and some of the other doubleheaders that we'll have going forward, yeah, absolutely. You want to make sure that you, know, you, you take stock in the bullpen usage because it's not even just that day that matters or the next day. It's kind of how the rest of that week's going to play out. Yeah, that's that's a good note. So yeah, let's let's circle back to their pitching, obviously their bullpen, etc. Because the Dodgers rotation has been a little bit inefficient, we could say as of late. Uh, Dave Roberts has talked about that a lot. And obviously, Kershaw getting added to the IL last Friday was not great to see. Obviously, he was set to pitch and then not so much. He said back pain. They said that there doesn't look like there's any structural issues. But he did, I think, get, uh, get some some work done on it last week. And he said that he's hoping he'll be back at the end of this stint. What do you think about where the Dodgers are at with their pitching right now because somebody asked me well they're at the top obviously they're plus 425 on Bet Rivers to win everything but they're a couple injuries away from really having some serious issues yeah and that was the concern for me coming into the season Danielle was you know they do have some injury risks in that rotation they do have some older guys Kershaw specifically who of course as we know you know dealt with some injury problems last year has dealt with a few things here and there that was something that was a little bit of a worry to me. Now, of course, they have the depth, and, and Dustin May is working his way back, and that'll be a nice big lift for them. But, you know, you do wonder, after all the workload from a guy like Walker Bueller, you know, after mm. the increased workload last year for Julio Urias, you know, is that something that kind of catches up with them at some point here throughout the course of the season? And yes, they're deep, but still, you know, there's an inherent downgrade going from you know, Cy Young contender type pitchers to go into some of the other guys that are out there. So it is a little bit of a worry for them. With that being said, their upcoming schedule here, they still have to finish this series with Arizona. Then they play the Phillies, then the Nationals, then the Diamondbacks again, and then the Pirates before they really ramp up a little bit and play some better teams. So at least if they're going through a little bit of a rough patch right now, the hope would be when the schedule ramps up a little bit, they'll be in better shape. That's a good thing to point out, obviously, as we head into that. And and I was shocked to see how many games they've had to play in a certain amount of days. I think it was 31 games in 30 days for the Dodgers. So that's certainly not helping them out with their injury situation either. But that is a good point. They're going to face some of their tougher competition. And like I said, Dave Roberts pointed out that they need to be winning more games, especially against these division teams, because everybody in this division all of a sudden is above 500, including the Rockies, which is shocking. Um, let's also talk about the Angels, of course. Angels and Rangers. Well, actually, can uh, I mention on... one thing real quick yeah. about this Dodgers offense? Because I think this Absolutely. is an important thing to point out. So the Dodgers have a very high walk rate. They have one of the highest walk rates in Major League Baseball. It's up around 11% here as we go into Tuesday's games. But one of the trends I've noticed league-wide, and this is something that will impact the Dodgers, mm. you have more pitchers pitching to contact now. The strikeout rate is down. The walk rate is down because giving up batted balls is not as detrimental with a dead baseball. So the Dodgers are a team where their offense, you know, they're only batting about 240 or so as a team. They don't strike out a whole lot, but they've really been able to have good offensive success by drawing walks. Right mm. now, teams aren't drawing as many walks. Pitchers are pitching to contact. That is something that could have a bit of a negative impact on this Dodgers offense as we go forward here. So kind of watching that closely. Maybe they become a little bit more of an under team, maybe shying away from the run lines. Uh, maybe fading them against really efficient pitchers that 
know, we've seen a lot of guys throw six or seven innings with two strikeouts and one walk over the last couple of weeks. So just wanted to mention that real quickly about the Dodgers offensive profile where they're going to be forced now to put more balls in play, maybe change their offensive style, be a little bit more aggressive early on in counts. We'll have to see how they kind of adjust to that dynamic where they're probably not going to have as high of a walk rate going forward as they do right now. Well, it's interesting you're talking about the getting the walks as well for the Dodgers. One last thing before we move on. But we also saw a bunt from them, a successful one first time out. Do you think that's something we're going to continue to see from them? Because I know there was something they were practicing when they were uh, before the game on Monday. I really hope not. Uh, I, <laughs> I hate bunting. Uh, one day I'll have a reason to go on a rant about why bunting is a terrible <laughs> idea for the most part. But, uh, you know, look, I mean, teams are, are having to adjust to this new environment here, and we, we may see kind of a, a return of small ball, sort of, mm. you know, return of kind of hitting the ball the other way and all that, much to my chagrin. But, you know, <laughs> th this is a game of adjustments. And so teams and pitchers and batters are going to be doing that for the long haul throughout the course of this season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan either, but I know some people were excited to see that. Maybe a little bit more old school people were excited for that. Um, but it, it just shows you how much mind. depth. You watch ESPN Sunday <laughs> He can't Night even Baseball. contain himself. <laughs> and, and Alex Rodriguez, the guy hit over 600 home runs. And he talks about the virtues of putting down a sacrifice bunt. Uh, it's, <laughs> the virtues. It's infuriating. We'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> It just shows you how much depth this Dodgers offense has that they're like, it's okay. You bunt. I'll hit the homer. That's that's pretty much what they can work with. So, uh, yes, I'm expecting a win from them on Wednesday. But, frankly, the Dodgers have been giving a lot of heartbreak lately with betting. So I might have to be off of them for now. And maybe I'll just stick to my WNBA this week, which has also been a little bit heartbreaking. Um, Angels and Rangers. So on Monday, the Angels, whoo. First inning, Noah Syndergaard, our guy. I like Noah. Goes out, can't even get a whole inning in. They score six runs on him. Uh, so that was really tough to see. Uh, I thought that game might possibly go under, but I think it did end up tagging that over just barely. And really because so many runs were scored in the first inning. Now, uh, looking ahead to Wednesday's matchup, Shohei Otani on the mound, Dane Dunning on the mound for the Rangers. What do you think we're going to see in this one? You know, Dane Dunning is a guy that seems to have figured it out a little bit. Uh, you know, he's got really, really good raw stuff. He's a ground ball type of guy. He's always had a little bit of strikeout upside. If he cuts down on the walks, he'll end up being a pretty good pitcher. And it seems like maybe the Rangers kind of getting that through to him here of late where he's been pretty effective. Obviously, we know Shohei Otani is, is very effective as a pitcher, as a hitter, as probably the world's best baseball player right now. So I would think that we should be in line for probably a lower scoring environment in this game. But I do want to look a little bit more into Dunning because – the Rangers mm. offense is not performing particularly well. What has the level of competition been that he has faced? You know, now he's stepping up, playing a very, very good Angels lineup where a lot of guys are hitting for this team. It's not just Trout. It's been Taylor Ward. It's been a lot of guys that have been swinging the bats well. So I'm going to take a deeper dive into this game here for Wednesday morning and see if, you know, maybe I do like the Angels. Uh, see what that mm. price looks like with Otani laying a little bit of a number. But, you know, Otani, you expect him to be good. Dunning you wonder if it's just kind of smoke and mirrors or if the Rangers have really figured something out. Yeah, I mean, just looking at, obviously, whip versus ERA, I mean, Dane Dunning, 4.06 on the ERA, 1.25 whip, and then Otani, of course, 2.78 ERA, 0.96 on the whip, anything below one, wow. Uh, so... I think you could be right about Dane. We may we may see something a little bit surprising there, so that might be worth a look at the Angels. What do you think about the Angels, I guess, defense really? Seems like it's been the issue for them in some ways. Where where are they lacking and where do they need to improve? Because they've actually gone down in the odds a little bit. They were 25-1 to 1 at Bet Rivers to win everything, and they're now down to 
Yeah, so the Angels, I mean, look, they're eighth in defensive runs saved, a metric over at Fangraphs. That one's human calculated by the guys over guys and girls over at Baseball Info Solutions. So they're performing really well in that metric, but in some of the other metrics, they're kind of a league average type of defense. And this has been a problem for them the last few years. Defensively, they have not been good. And at least this year, they have the offense to overcome it if they wind up having some of those defensive struggles. But it, defense is paramount for them because outside of Otani and sometimes Patrick Sandoval, they're a low strikeout rotation. They're not that high of a strikeout team in terms of relief pitching. So they need the defense to be good. And I feel like the defense is probably going to regress a little bit, which is why I've talked about kind of looking at them as an over team, you know, playing them in terms of uh, you know their offense being good, their pitching staff kind of overperforming a little bit here. We saw that with Syndergaard regressing a little bit on Monday night. Mm. Uh, we'll see if that happens with Reed Detmers as well, who had the no hitter pitches here on Tuesday night. But he's a guy, had a lot of batted ball success. He's not missing a ton of bats. If that defense falters him a little bit, his numbers will go in the wrong direction too. So I think the Angels are kind of teetering a little bit on the pitching side. But offensively, obviously, they're still in very, very good shape. Yeah, offensively also because, of course, they have Shohei and they have Mike Trout that, of course, are the standouts here. But you pointed out the rest of the team hitting well. But when we look at these... MVP odds. I, I know I asked Ben Wilson about this when I had him on last week because I know you were unavailable. Uh, what are your thoughts about Mike Trout versus Shohei for MVP? Because they are just in the top of the category here and they're both on the same team. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I could make a case for making a Trout bet. I think it would be sort of speculative on Otani getting hurt, which is a possibility, mm. or at least maybe missing time as a pitcher, but still being able to go out there as a hitter. I think it's really hard because... The voters are going to look at this and say, well, we can give Otani the award every single year. I mean, and nobody yeah. in, in the history of baseball has ever done what he's doing at the level that he's doing it. You know, I mean, Babe Ruth was a two-way player, but obviously a much different era. And, you know, he wasn't, uh, you know, he, he wasn't really in, <laughs> in, in the same stratosphere as what Otani is doing in the present era. So people are going to say, look, you can give it to Otani year in and year out. You probably give it to Trout year in and year out, too. So... You know, I think it probably ends up being one of those two guys as long as they both stay healthy. I think it's hard to make a case for anybody else. But, mm. you know, you, you kind of have to handicap the voters in this case and sort of figure out what it is that they're going to prioritize. Yeah, I mean, Shohei right now at Bet Rivers plus 250. He's the top. Mike Trout right behind him at plus 375. And then we have a jump to plus 575, Aaron Judge, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Byron Buxton. You don't think anybody's going to jump out and be a surprise here? I think it's a possibility. I mean, Byron Buxton makes elite-level contact, but he can't stay healthy. Aaron Judge is another guy with injury concerns. Uh, if you're looking for a, a kind of medium shot, a Jose Ramirez type, if, if the mm. Guardians wind up kind of exceeding expectations, because he means everything to that team. It's almost like I, I you know, filled in on odds on today. I told Mike Palm, we need a most outstanding player award and a most valuable player award because they're two different, different. things. Determining a player's most you know his value to his team i mean the guardians are a 65 70 win team without jose ramirez you know the the angels would still be good without mike trout or shohei otani at least based on what we've seen here so far not as good mm -hmm. but still be good so I, I would love to see most outstanding and most valuables because i think there is a distinction between the two well, I think you're the most another outstanding and most valuable, as always. Thank you for coming on, Adam Burke. Uh, you can follow him, obviously, at Skating Tripods on Twitter and find him all over VSIN. Thanks so much, Adam. Absolutely. All right, coming up, we have WNBA to discuss. Of course, we're going to break down all the games. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bat River Sportsbook.
Baseball is here and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25 and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. What's up? Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I am looking at my notes for this WNBA segment and there are far too many. So we'll try to condense. We'll try to condense. First of all, Tuesday takeaways from the five games that we saw on Tuesday, or maybe you missed it. Uh, my first takeaway, the Mystics are on a warpath this year. They finally got their revenge on the wings, even without Natasha Cloud. Elena Deladon did make the trip. They did get it done. It looked a little dicey. To be honest with you, the Wings came out and shot a lot better. But of course, the better team did prevail. All was right in the land. And no shade to the Wings because they are definitely not a team that I want to be betting against very often this season. It's going to be very tough to bet against them. But the Mystics absolutely get it done. They were one and a half point favorites opening, I believe. And it got up to three before game time, but both would have covered. So you could have bet that one right up till the tip off. Also, another Tuesday takeaway, number two, the Sun, the Connecticut Sun, are back in my good graces. They are. They are returning to the prominence we expect from the Sun team after covering versus the Liberty, the team that handed them their loss in the opener and apparently was a fluke for the Liberty because they have just been having a really tough time since then. Sandy Brondello, their new head coach, former Mercury coach, has been talking about that, said that's on them. But as Miles Ehrlich pointed out to me so uh, kindly, who, by the way, will be back on the show um, shortly. He'll be back on Friday. He did point out to me when we were when we were talking about this game that the Liberty had been on a couple games in a row and they hadn't had time probably to practice and sort out what was going on. So... Uh, after they get a little bit of rest here before their next game, hopefully some things will kind of shake out. And keep in mind, the Liberty do have players that are out, but Nigelani not 100%, not back in, I believe. And then, of course, just other players working their way back in. Dee Dee Richards has been out, so not at their full strength yet. But the Sun, back in my good graces. I trust them again. Uh, they were the team I trusted the most last year. They were the first future bet I ever made on the WNBA, and the second was the Chicago Sky who are playing at the Storm on Wednesday. Only game going on. One last takeaway from Tuesday before we hit that. The Aces are scary. The Aces are scary. They are that scary. But I will point out, as I'll mention later, they're also the healthiest team. They're missing no players virtually right now. At least that's what the reports say. So that's certainly helpful when you are the, the healthiest team. Uh, looking at the Wednesday game, Sky at the Storm. So the Sky currently, most recently, beat the Lynx last Saturday. So both these teams' last game was last Saturday. And the Sky did beat the Lynx, but by four. And that was the Lynx's fourth loss, I believe. The Lynx finally on the board with a win column of least, uh, getting their first win on Tuesday night over the LA Sparks. More on that in a moment because the Lynx are back in action on Thursday. But that was the last time the Sky played, was on Saturday. Uh, the Storm most recently, lost to the Mercury twice in a row, Wednesday and then Saturday, first by 20 points on Wednesday and then by five last Saturday. So same rest in theory here for these two teams and also experienced teams here. They've been there. They, they both, these are championship caliber teams. They've been there. The Sky obviously more recently. Uh, this is an interesting game to look at too because I went back and I was trying to remember if I remember these teams playing last season and I didn't remember it front of mind and then I saw 
that the sky actually didn't see the storm until about mid-August in Chicago. So they hosted them. And it was a game that the storm lost by two in overtime. And I remembered it so clearly once I saw it. I was like, oh, this was so good. And that it might have been... No, it had. To, if it was August, it was after when I bought my Sky ticket. My Sky ticket to win the championship was right around the time that Candace Parker was creeping her way back into the lineup out of that ankle injury. So that was more like July, probably. But nevertheless, I remember this game in that overtime, and uh, the Sky did get it done against this very good team with Brianna Stewart in the lineup. Now that is the other giant giant thing we have to talk about when we talk about this game it just like wave a giant red flag here brianna stewart has been out with health and safety protocols uh also made a little lovely jab of a tweet saying oh yeah fly commercial because that is what the WNBA flies and lo and behold covid and then also for natasha cloud and they both apparently have been actually sick so that's very unfortunate too because they're symptomatic and they have to recover from that it's all all around just an unfortunate situation. But as it pertains to this game, no Brianna Stewart last week. I mean, hasn't even been out for a full week, I don't think yet. I guess last Wednesday. So yeah, it'll be a full week. And I believe it's 10 days now. But she's listed as questionable is the main takeaway here. And also check on this before you cast any bets. This is why I can't bet this one too early necessarily, even though I do assume they're not going to be with her. And also, as I just mentioned, the Sky played them last year with a very similar roster. If you remember, the Sky didn't make a lot of changes to their roster. If only they added, they got rid of, I believe, Diamond to Shields was a loss. But other than that, they kept their core together. Now, Kalia Copper is done in Spain, but she's not back to playing with them just yet. So that's something to look forward to. That's definitely a huge missing piece, finals MVP for them. But other than that, the Sky won all three regular season games last year. And the Storm had Brianna Stewart in all of those games. So I lean Sky here, especially because no Stewie for the Storm. And not fair to the Storm. Obviously, they did make some additions in the offseason. But again, I don't think they did anything that's going to help them surpass the Sky necessarily if the Sky is playing at their level of basketball. If we look at the offensive ratings here, the Sky are third right now in the league. Of course, 12 teams, so third out of 12. And then the Storm are ninth. Defensive rating, the Sky are second. The Storm are eighth. So very clearly just off the bat, the Sky the stronger team here, at least out of the gate. The Storm are fourth in pace. I thought that was important to note because they're going to want to make this game go fast. The Sky are 12th. They're going to try to slow it down. Yes, dead last the Sky are. And they aren't dead last in pace because they're not a very efficient team. It's quite the opposite. They're dead last in pace because they control the pace and go at the speed they want to. Obviously, they have Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley. They move the ball really well, and that just that just takes up time. These games last season were pretty high-scoring affairs outside of one game, and that was pretty close to the last time they had played. And I think we're going to see a high-scoring game here again. However, no Stewie, no Brianna Stewart. That, of course, is going to take away 18, 20 points minimum there. But I do think the Storm have other players that step up and fill those roles when, when Stewart's not there. Unfortunately, neither of these teams are particularly strong in offensive rebounding percentage. They're almost even with each other. So I think this is going to come down a little bit to whoever can crash the boards on this one and, and get the win there. I think that's the sky in this situation, especially with no Stewart for the Storm. Uh, the Storm, however, second and second chance points. And the Sky are second to last in those second chance points. So, again, there's, these are little cracks in the system that Storm can try to get this done. Also, 
again, reminder, the Storm just lost two in a row to the Mercury, and the last was by five. They're not going to be looking to extend this losing streak to three. And so they should be highly motivated for this game. Uh, the Sky, meanwhile, I, I don't know. They won all three last year. It didn't seem, and, and obviously it was also later in the season when they knew the Storm was a championship caliber team, definitely a game they want to get up for. I think the, the Sky will get up for this game. Do you think the Storm are going to go start the season or start this uh, this losing streak at losing three games in a row? I don't know. Uh, Storm are also fourth in fast break points, and the Sky are ninth in fast break points. So like I said, could be determined by pace and also boards here. Both teams um, pretty even across the board in some other statistics, three-point shooting, etc. I think we could see an over in this game, like I said, uh, but I think we'll see something like both in the 80s or maybe a 90 to 80 if that and like that's pretty high scoring so 82 84 you know something like that but that's asking a lot out of the storm shooting wise so maybe it's something more like 80 70 something so could see an over we'll have to see what the number ends up being for this i think the sky will dictate dictate this pace a little bit and keep in mind that overtime game that I talked about the first time they faced off last season, Dame, that game did go over, but it was an overtime game. I think it got to 171 points. So I do think that the total is going to reflect that this is going to be a high-scoring game. And for that reason, maybe there's value on the under. I think that's where I'm going with this game. But really, um, with Stewie out... And also keep in mind, the Chicago Sky have only played the Sparks, the Liberty, and the Lynx, which are not the strongest teams in the WNBA by any stretch. They lost to LA in overtime to open their season. Then they came out mad, whooped New York by 33. It was hard to watch. And then they barely beat the Lynx by four last Saturday. The Lynx team that has one win. So this should be a good challenge here. But not a true one because no Stewie with the Storm. And unfortunately, that's a huge, huge factor. She probably has the most effect on a point spread of any player in the W right now. Maybe Asia Wilson up there, obviously. I think that the Storm will bounce back a little here. But I think the Sky are obviously the more dominant team. I like them to win. I'm interested to see what the spread is going to be on this. I'll probably look to them to cover if it's something reasonable like four or less. Um, but it would really see, be something to see the Storm lose three in a row. And the Sky haven't played any really tough competition. So this may be a watch and see what happens in the game. <laughs> Let's not be crazy with our money. Uh, because there's also games on Thursday. So Lynx at the Aces. Lynx finally got their first win on Tuesday versus the Sparks, as I alluded to. 87-84. to 84. Obviously covered as seven-point dogs. Road dogs at that. Um, this is the one game I didn't bet on because... The Sparks were the stronger team. I even saw, I think, an article that said Sparks minus nine was a good play. And I was like, ooh, Jesus, we're really expecting a lot of the Sparks, aren't we? And they're much improved from last year, but I would say they're more middle of the pack now. Last year, I would say they fell to like bottom three, four teams. This year, we're probably talking more five, six, seven. Um, and the Lynx, of course, have had a slow start, but the Lynx are not a bad team. They're missing so many players. They've been just piecemealing a team together, and then just Sylvia Fowles in the center of it. So I don't think this is the Lynx team that's like doesn't that's poorly ran, doesn't know what it's doing. It's just really suffering from all of its 
roster issues. So that said, they did get the win 87-84. Um, Will Hill, you guys may know from the pod, uh, he hosts the New York City cast. He tweeted at me. He said, are you taking Blinks plus seven? I said, absolutely not, because I'm not trusting an 0-4 team right now. And uh, they did. Lo and behold, they covered. Kayla McBride, Sylvia Fowles, Mariah Jefferson on the links all scored 20 or more points. And they still only won by three. And the Aces are certainly not the Sparks. And that's who they have on Thursday. The Aces most recently beating the Mercury 86-74. to Their only loss came to the Mystics, another very good team. I would say top three team for me for sure. Uh, and the Mercury were not happy about it, as you can imagine. Uh, especially coming off their two wins over the Storm, they must have felt really high and mighty. But the Aces were down at the half and they were down at the start of this game, which was excellent chef's kiss for live betting because I was able to get the aces minus 115 on the money line. Honestly, I probably could have got something even, even money if I had just waited a moment, but sometimes you wait and the moment is lost. So we did get minus 115 on the money line. The aces came back to win. I knew that was the stronger team. And just like the mystics bet with the wings again, the mystics started out slow, better team, came and finished the game. Same with the Aces versus the Mercury. And this is no shade to the Mercury, a very strong team, but that just shows you how good. I told you the Aces are scary. That was one of the Tuesday takeaways. So offensive rating here for the Lynx and the Aces. The Lynx are eighth in offensive rating. The Aces are first at 107.7. As for defensive rating, the Lynx are last, 12th, and the Aces are fifth. So with that in mind, I don't trust the Lynx offense enough to help with an over here, but the Aces could do it on their own. Like the Lynx might get 68 something points up and the Aces could get a bunch up too. But keep in mind, both these teams just played on Tuesday and this is a Thursday game. So one day rest, what that's going to look like. I think for that reason, I don't, I lean this being a high scoring game based on the Aces second in pace, by the way, in the league, but Again, not necessarily a total that I'm excited about. I think the Aces are going to be favored here by like double digits. And so what do you do with that? I don't want to lay that, even though they absolutely can cover it. They absolutely can. This is the thing where I'd like to see something in-game, but I don't... This is when I don't feel confident you'll get an opportunity to bet live. Uh, similar to that Aces-Mercury game, I trust the Mercury enough to be able to hang... And then maybe I get a better line. I don't know if the Lynx are going to be able to do that. They were able to do that with the Sparks, but again, the Aces... Not the spark. So this might be one where you need to kind of just pull the trigger on the aces and hope. And I don't know, don't read too much into that Lynx first win, I don't think. But this is going to be a tough one because the spread is going to be so big. The Lynx are third right now in points in the paint. Aces are sixth, which is surprising because the aces, that was their bread and butter last year. They've kind of stepped away from that a little bit. That's still obviously something they do well. But they've really relied a little bit more on their perimeter shooting, which I think has been huge for them. Right now, the Lynx are first and second chance points. So that's something. Thank you, Sylvia. Uh, but the Aces, on the other side, first in opponents' second chance points allowed. So that means they're the best. The Lynx might be the best at second chance points, but the Aces are the best at defending against them. So I think that's going to snuff out that chance for them. The Lynx are actually 11th in fast break points too, which is second to last, and 11th in opponent fast break points. Now the Aces are not necessarily a fast break team. They're right around the middle of the pack with that. Uh, but they're going to have tons of opportunities to do it in this game. They're also second in opponent fast break points. They're not going to allow it from the Lynx. I think the Aces are going to clean up in this game. I just want to know how crazy this point spread is going to get. If it opens at something south of 10, I think grab it. Just absolutely grab it. Uh, Lynx are 10th in opponent points off turnovers. But again, 
the aces aren't turning over the ball a lot. Uh, no updates on who's in, who's out for this right now. And as I mentioned, the aces are the healthiest team in the league as of now. Aces to cover, I don't want to bet it pregame, but they could just blow it out. You know, that's that's what I see happening here. So I don't know that you'll get lucky with a live line. You could just completely pass on this game or just hope for a live opportunity. Or you can lay the points. Wings at Mercury is the other game on Thursday. They both played on Tuesday as well, and both of them lost. The Wings to the Mystics and the Mercury to the Aces. So both losses to very good teams. The Wings right now are 10th in offensive rating and 6th in defensive rating. Meanwhile, the Mercury... Fifth in offensive rating, that's quite better, and tenth in defensive rating. So we have a stronger offense versus a apparently stronger defense. I'm very surprised to see the Wings defense ranked as high as it is in defensive rating, actually. It's not even something that comes to mind for me. I think of the Wings offense a little bit more. Perhaps it's because I saw Rike <laughs> drop three threes back-to-back versus Elena Deladon the other day, and uh, Elena got one of her own in there, too, as well. So I'm surprised to see this defensive rating here for the Wings. I do think that they are struggling a little bit in the interior. They are still without Sabali, who is out for the foreseeable future. However, the Mercury are 11th in offensive rebounding percentage, like second to last. The Wings are sixth, so they're going to seem to have a little bit of an edge there at least. Uh, also, unfortunately, of course, we have to mention it. Brittany Griner, please, my goodness, bring this woman home by now. But she's not in for the Mercury. Uh, Tina Charles, of course, she did a great job versus the Storm in their first game. The second game, I think she was limited a little bit more. But if they get her involved in this game a lot more, then the Mercury should be able to dispatch the Wings, I believe. But like I said, the Wings are the team, maybe the number one team in the league right now that I don't want to bet against. Like, of course, I'm not saying like the... I'm talking about the lower teams here, not like the top, like the Mystics, the Aces, of course. Like, I'm not betting against them, probably. But... Like, the lower teams that, like, are going to be these huge dogs or, you know, decent-sized dogs in some of these fights, this is a dog I want no piece of. <laughs> I don't want to bet against them because the Wings are feisty. Uh, they're second in opponents' second-chance points allowed. So second-best. Again, I'm surprised to see that with their defense. That's a huge step up for them from last season. Meanwhile, the Mercury are 11th in that category, so they're going to allow the Wings to get those second-chance points. What's interesting is these two teams are actually nearly the same in three-point percentage. Attempts are around the same, so we could see a great shootout here in some fashion. Uh, and also, same amount of rest, but some of this team is younger than the other. No offense, Diana Taurasi, my goodness, uh, or Skylar Diggins-Smith, but um, that is that is a factor. The Mercury are 10th in second-chance points. So not very good, but they are averaging more points in the paint than the wings. So like I said, if they can get kind of get Tina Charles in there and get some work done in there, I think that's going to be critical to them. But not if the wings are just dropping dimes because three is worth more than two. Uh, the wings are fifth in fast break points. They're going to want to push this. Mercury are 10th. So even though the wings offensive rating we talked about, not necessarily as high as I would like it, they do shoot a ton, even if they don't go in. So I think this is going to be a high scoring game. The total will reflect that if it's too high. I don't want any part of the under, really. Not against these two teams, uh, even though they only are coming off of one day of rest. So something to keep in mind. Maybe if it gets high enough, I will torture myself with an under. Uh, the Mercury are 10th in fast break points, so shouldn't be able to necessarily mess things up too much there. And the Wings right now, third in points off of turnovers. Too bad the Mercury are first in opponents' points off turnovers. They're not allowing them. So that's going to cancel out there. Wings, no update. Mercury, again, no, no new update on their status of their roster. 
Total's going to be high. I don't know. I like the Mercury to cover in this game, uh, but these teams are pretty similar in how they approach, and they are going to want to shoot a lot and move this game quickly. First half over might be in play. I haven't played any first halves yet this season, but maybe this is the time. And also Diana Taurasi and Skylar Diggins-Smith got into it a little bit on the bench in that Aces loss in case you missed it. There's a clip of every angle of it. I don't think they'll lose another one in a row. I don't. I trust the more veteran team here. If you want to see what I end up betting, as always, you can follow me on Twitter. And as I mentioned, Miles Ehrlich, WNBA writer, covers the New York Liberty, did a great job last Friday. If you enjoyed that pod, he will be back on this Friday's show as well. I believe he actually has not confirmed with me. He was going to get back to me after the game. So I feel bad now promising that. But I do expect Miles to be here on Friday. And if he's not, unfortunately, he'll be stuck with me. But let's all have wishful thinking. He'll be here to preview the Friday and Saturday games. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. New shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'll be back for more LA action on Friday. Come on back for the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.